Senate District 25 spans into East Multnomah County, including Fairview, Gresham, Troutdale, and Wood Village. The district is currently represented by Lori Manis Anderson, a former public health nurse who decided to retire from the position this year. House Representative Chris Gorsick is running for the seat. Representative Gorsick has served House District 49 since 2013. His education includes degrees from the University of Oregon and a doctorate from Portland State. Is a former police officer and current teacher at Mount Hood Community College. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Oh, you know, um, i just kind of hanging in there these days. What's getting you through? Um, well, we, um, we live out in an area here in East County where um, we have some very nice... Um, uh, wooded greenway right around our house and mm-hmm. a view of Mount Hood, and so you know it's a, it's a, a a nice place to kind of have to be stuck. Um, and then hanging out just with my wife and my uh, two dogs, we uh, we're just uh, kind of doing our thing on the computer and uh, working on things. Both uh, I'm still teaching uh, mm-hmm. remotely, mm-hmm. and then uh, hanging out doing some things with the campaign and the legislative work. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I think for me, whenever I look at that mountain, it gives me just what I need, whether it's inspiration yeah. and a sense of of just the majesty of Mother Nature. That mountain gives me so much. So, Chris, tell oh, us. Oh, absolutely. Chris, yeah. who are you and why are you running? Well, uh, as you were uh, pointing out, I've been a teacher for uh, many years now, since 96 uh, at Mount Hood. Um, I've also been a long-time uh, part-time instructor at uh, Portland State University, mm-hmm. so um, education is extremely important to me, surprisingly. Um, and I am uh, very interested in bringing a uh, a bit more progressiveness to the to, to the Oregon Senate. And um, while we have had our, our moments between the House and the Senate. I think that uh, I can uh, bring some positive uh, changes to the Senate to uh, work with some of my other uh, legislative colleagues there. So you've been working in Salem for a while. You know the inner workings of how to create change down there. What's the difference in being a House representative versus a state senator? Well, I think one of the big things is um, to consider that the Senate is uh, half of the uh, House in terms of the size of the chamber. Uh, and so building relationships uh, are extremely important. And uh, while I don't always agree with uh, my friends on uh, on the other side of the fence, um, I have made and um, really cherish a lot of friendships that I have on the Republican side and I hope to be able to uh, bring that same thing uh, to the Senate, because even if we disagree, there are lots of things that we will agree on, and we can you know, try to forge a way forward um, and you know get some good things done for the state of Oregon. Um, and so that's, that's kind of my plan. I'm uh, very concerned about things related to some of the issues around the environment that mm-hmm. uh, we've had serious struggles with recently. Uh, also very supportive of workers' rights, uh, defending the rights of the marginalized, and also uh, protecting uh, reproductive uh, rights. So um, I think that listening and 
being willing to try and work with the other side when you can, I think is extremely important. And I hope to bring that to the Senate. Mm. What do you do when you can't work with the other side? It feels like Salem has evolved, has changed, has come to a, a, a fork in the road where we figure out how to better work together or something vastly different needs to happen. Well, and I think one of the problems is that um, we face a serious challenge in the uh, legislature in general uh, because we have this odd um, quorum requirement Mm -hmm. um, where most um, legislative bodies don't have this. Basically, what happens then is that a small, as we've seen, a smaller group can actually um, bring the whole process to a halt. And so I think it's really going to be important to not only try and work with our uh, colleagues uh, on both sides of the fence, but also to deal with this, um, what's essentially a roadblock. And mm-hmm. um, it's it, you know, based on the idea of democracy, it is supposed to be based on the fact that the majority of folks um, that are sent to the legislature that have a particular um, approach should be able to carry that approach forward. Mm. What have you learned in your time in Salem about working across the aisle? Do you see a new path moving forward if you are the state senator? Well, I mean, I think that it's it's super important not, and, and it's, sometimes it's hard, but it's really important to build those relationships. And, and even then, um, when you do have conflicts, you can still um, be civil with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the the problem frequently is that we become very 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 polarized and then we can't see the other view and what you've seen um for instance if you think about um the questions around uh climate change uh we had a huge roadblock there and yet there was another piece of legislation which dealt with uh clean diesel the idea was to um, try and get um a replacement of older diesel trucks um, and what you found is that bill passed and it was a bipartisan bill where everybody sat down and really worked hard to uh, craft legislation that could move forward so I don't think it's impossible but mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work I've been reading Ezra Klein's book why are we Pol- why are we polarized and you know he says that polarization isn't new um, but the right. polarization across party lines is what are your mm-hmm. observations about the polarization in Salem? Well, I think one of the problems is that um, we have a situation where um, you know caucuses are very powerful, mm-hmm. and there are uh, times when I think people would perhaps uh, vote differently if um, the power of the caucus was not. So strong, and mm-hmm. I say this both on my side as well as on the um, on the Republican side. Um, and so, what that means when the caucuses are so strong is that it's extremely important for the leaders of those uh, caucuses to be um, trying to forge a way uh, forward that is cooperative and is collaborative. And so, um, to some degree, we can work on it as uh, individual legislators, but it's really incumbent upon uh, leadership um, to be doing the same thing. Otherwise, you know, um, we we end up in these these log jams. Um, 
And so I think that it can be done. And I, and I'm, by the way, I'm not saying that the leadership hasn't tried, mm-hmm. but um, perhaps we need um, we need a you know a reset and a and a and an approach that's based even more on collaboration than what we've seen. Mm. What makes a good state senator in Oregon? Well, I think one of the things is, um, and, and it's true of any place, is that you need to be there um, to help the people in the state. Um, and I think a lot of times we tend to think just of our own districts, but we have to also think beyond that to the whole state, number one. Number two is um, being a good listener mm. and listening to uh, people when they come to you with their with their concerns and their grievances. The, the other thing, though, is to even if there's nothing that can be done or if it will take a while we have to be really good about explaining that to people and i think a lot of times um that's maybe where we we fall down a little bit most people even if they disagree with you if they feel that you've heard them that you've listened to them and considered what they said um, it goes a long way towards making them feel better about government and in the end, uh, that's what we're supposed to be about, mm-hmm. um, empowering people, helping people, and trying to explain to them how the process works. Um, you know, policing was, uh, has had its uh, similar problems where uh, frequently the law enforcement has not explained what they're doing and why they're doing it. And a lot of times, um, you know, that idea of, look, it's just our job and you don't need to get involved really mm-hmm builds a wedge and so I think a good senator is someone who can break through that and focuses on the needs of the district mm-hmm. I appreciate that it's not only listening but reflecting that back so folks know that they're right. heard how do you, how do you yeah. listen to a constituency as large as Senate District 25 well there's a there's a lot of things that we're doing well okay. even now you know one of the problems with um the uh, the current status of things uh, with COVID-19 is that many of the things that we would normally do, walking, knocking on doors, uh, holding meetings, uh, rallies, things like that, we can't do, obviously. So we've had to shift most of those things to uh, an online format. And so we, uh, uh, my uh, legislative aide um, and I have always been very uh, open about the fact that people can reach out to us and contact us. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, through the state system, we have a Facebook and a Twitter presence, um, all of those sorts of things, so that um, we encourage people to uh, contact us. And uh, and I have a great aide. He does a lot of wonderful things um, and is able to help a lot of people. Um, but being in the current environment, whether you're campaigning or not, having a good, solid uh, online presence is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we've also been reaching out to different groups and trying to make sure that people have what they need and that they're, you know, all of their needs are being taken care of. Yeah, I'd love to dig a little bit more into that part of it because in my own personal journey around diversity, equity, and inclusion, I've learned it's not enough to just have an open door. There are many folks, because of the systemic oppression that we've faced over generations and millennials, millennium right. in our country, it's not enough to just have an open door because of 
uh, folks are afraid to walk through that door. How do you make sure that you're reaching out to the voices that you don't hear from on a regular basis? Well, you know, I, I of course, I have a benefit in being a teacher in East County because that has, um, you know, exposed me to a lot of people that if I were in uh, other jobs, I wouldn't have um, had that contact. Um, the other thing is that uh, we've been uh, working with a lot of uh, local community groups. Uh, one of the big new uh, voices in East County, which is East County Rising, uh, I've been very, very closely associated with, and I can't say uh, enough um, how important it is to make sure that um, groups from uh, the Latino community, from the African American community, um, you know, from the um, the many um, Eastern European uh, communities that we have, you have to try and, and reach out to all of them. And so mm-hmm. we've had, I think, a fair amount of success uh, through um, things, associations like uh, East County Rising, for sure. Mm-hmm. And how do you build trust in those communities? Well, I think the main thing is that uh, you, uh, it goes back to what I said earlier, that you have to listen to people uh, and then you have to um, really try and help them. You know, lots of times, and you may have experienced this, I know I have, where you uh, talk to somebody that has power. Um, I know we don't have a huge amount of power at the state level, but, you know, somebody who has the ability to change things, and they they listen to you and then nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And so we always try to follow up with uh, what we can do or who we can refer them to. And sometimes it's the federal delegation or it's the city or the county um, and make sure that they know that we took every effort that we could um, so that we reinforce that idea that we do care about what what's going on and we want to try and, and uh, make things um, as, um, you know, as good as we possibly can for them. The other thing is to just be open um, to people um, you know you've probably talked to people where um, they're just kind of closed off and, and and through my years of teaching um, I've certainly uh, benefited a lot in terms of um, the inner interaction skills that it gives you and uh, I just try to treat everybody with respect and mm-hmm. and the openness um, that I would expect if if I were in their shoes mm. As you think forward about your tenure as a state senator, what are your priorities for your first legislative session in that role? Well, I think one of the things is we have to continue working on um, the climate change issue. Climate change is, I mean, it's an existential threat, and we can't afford to um, keep sitting around and, and being blocked in that area. So it will take a lot of work but I think that we can find a way forward with that. And so, what, is, what does um, that look like? Do you break it down into smaller pieces? Do you continue to fight for a yeah, more sweeping movement? I, no, I think you're right. I think what you do is you, um, you break it into single-focused um, approaches to mm-hmm. things so that it is not that I think one of the problems with uh, the bills we've had is they've been huge overarching things. Mm-hmm. And I think if you break it down and you make it more straightforward, I think uh, you have a better path forward. And certainly um, if you take it to um, the voters and it's this huge, massive 
complex thing that nobody can make sense of, that's that's a prescription for failure. So I think cutting it down and making it very straightforward. Uh, and by the way, I am not criticizing you know the folks that have worked on those bills. They they worked very hard, but I I think making it simpler and more straightforward would certainly um, be a positive thing. Mm-hmm. So I, there's that. Yep. Um, I've done a lot of things with um, uh, in the area of, of uh, the judiciary um, and had a, we had two bills that we were successful on. The first bill was a couple sessions back where we, um, we found that um, while we had felons as adults that were being, mm-hmm. um, uh, the interviews were being documented by the police when they were arrested, uh, that wasn't apparently happening always for juveniles. And mm-hmm. so we had legislation that we got passed and it said for any juvenile in custody um, that was going to be charged with a felony, um, they had to have their interview recorded. Uh, this last long session, we got that passed for misdemeanors as well. And the reason for that is, you know, there are some people who like the police and there are some people who are skeptical of the police. Um, having been a police officer, I, um, I understand that dynamic. And so, one of the ideas behind having a person uh, interviewed and that documented is that then it, it really helps both sides. If there were problems within the interview um, that were caused by the police, then you're gonna have a chance to see that. On the other hand, if the problems were um, the juvenile and the parents are making a complaint about the police and then they go and they can look at this, um, uh, recording and find out, oh wait, the police didn't do something. To my mind, it's very much like body cameras, mm. where we've certainly heard from some agencies that by having the body camera, it's actually reduced um, the number of complaints against officers because you can go back and look at the tape. So um, that's, I think, really important. And you know, it's unfortunate we hadn't already gotten to uh, where the Supreme Court uh, just went um, with the non-unanimous juries. I think um, uh, if we could have gotten that through the Senate, we would have dealt with this problem before it ended up in the Supreme Court. Um, I, I think that if you're going to have, um, you know, juries deciding things, that it needs to be a full unanimous verdict, um, you know, not a partial verdict. So. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the things that uh, I hope to keep working on. I've been working on housing issues for a long time, and so hope to continue with that. Um, and uh, you know, doing, hold on, just a second. Nina, be quiet, please. My my daughter is also here with me. Um, and uh, and then worrying about um, workers' rights, and um, you know, uh, dealing with union issues. Um, those are those are kind of some of the key areas plus education that I hope to work on. You're listening to X-Ray. We're talking to Chris Gorsuch, who's running for the 25th District as a state senator, to be the state senator for District 25. Chris, as you look back, you've been a, a representative in the House. Um, I'm curious, you know, as a legislator in Salem, you all have to vote on a vast number of bills in any given legislative session. How do you stay informed about the votes that you take? Well, you know, we get... Um, 
in in our caucus discussions, we uh, we sometimes have very long discussions about particular bills that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, we always have the bill summaries, um, and we do also get a lot of advocates and lobbyists that come in and speak to us. Plus, we always have the ability to um, you know go online. Um, it's called OLIS, the Oregon Legislative mm-hmm. Information System. And we can go on there and very easily read up on the various bills that are there. Plus, through the committee process, um, especially if you're especially if you're on that committee, um, you will see that um, these things get vetted quite quite a bit. So there's a lot of ways to find out about uh, bills. And uh, and how do you um, keep up? Because the bill. the volume is just extraordinary. Well, and that's why you have to have um, good legislative assistance, and mm-hmm. I've been very fortunate to uh, have somebody for many years who is very good about staying up on that and constituent outreach and all of those things. I could not do it all by myself. Mm-hmm. That That is absolutely true. So having a good um, set of staff members is extremely important. So we, we are our 42nd candidate interview for this uh-huh. primary. We've talked to a lot of inspired and inspiring candidates, and many uh-huh. of them running for the very first time. If somebody is running for a House representative seat in this primary, what are your recommendations to them as a first-time candidate? Well, I think one of them goes back to um, what I was saying before, uh, to listen to uh, people, to get out and talk with people, um, to understand uh, what's going on in the place that you hope to represent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is so important to um, be open to people and also to um, be, don't be afraid to be enthusiastic. This is a, an important job. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes um, people get maybe a little stoic about it, but this is we're we are um, we it's it's an honor to be able to represent uh, people from your districts and the people of the state of Oregon, and it's an exciting thing. Um, like any job, it has its moments where it's you know, the the you know kind of a grind. But mm-hmm. I mean, just um, express your concern, express your interest. Be open and listen to people, and and don't be afraid to be enthusiastic. And what's your advice to them once they win and they're headed to Salem? What should they? How can they best learn how to be effective in Salem? Well, the good thing is there's a lot of um, things that are put on by your individual caucus, and there's a lot of trainings that come on from um, the various um, state agencies, and certainly we get um, we get those once we're um, before session starts so there's all of that um and of course uh the other good thing is that uh, we have mentors so you get paired up with an experienced legislator that can kind of help you along and and uh, talk to you about questions and concerns that you have so um there is a there's a good strong process for bringing people online plus um pretty quickly uh you begin to see um how things work because you really get dumped right into it beginning um, um, really beginning on the first day that we start considering legislation. So you get to learn on the job. You have to learn quick. <laughs> Secrets. It's very yeah. true. That's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, where can folks find out more about you, your experience, and your campaign? 
Well, all you have to do is uh, go to chrisgorsick.com, and uh, you'll find all of that information. Uh, we do have um, a Facebook presence as well, and uh, uh, do Twitter and some of the other uh, social media. But, yeah, chrisgorsick.com is kind of the, 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 uh, the main uh, web page. Fantastic. Chris, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and thanks to Jason, your legislative assistant, who uh, has been great to, to coordinate with to make this happen. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate being uh, asked on. Excellent. Thank you so much, Chris. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Again, that's Chris Gorsick, candidate for Senate District 25. You can find out more at chrisgorsick.com. That's G-O-R-S-E-K. And if you're lucky like me and you've gotten that voter pamphlet in your mailbox, Chris can be found on page 50 if you've got the Multnomah County election voter pamphlet.